Welcome to the Summer Party Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Hannah. And we are welcoming you to our very first ever book club episode. This is January Book Club, and we are going to be discussing Alyssa Sussman's Funny You Should Ask. Which you all voted for on a cute little poll that we put on the Instagram um, at the beginning of the month, which is Mm -hmm. great. Um, I'm so excited. This book came out, it's very new. It came out in 2022, um, so less than a year ago, and it was so popular, like, last summer. And both of us had not gotten around to reading it, even though we really wanted to. So I'm glad that we finally had to force ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It had a it had a fun little book talk moment. Say what you mm-hmm. will about book talk. Um, yeah, but our favorite influencer, Carly Thorne, even read it, and she doesn't even like romance that much. Yeah. Um, it also was a plus for us because the cover is adorable. The cover is so cute. We're going to put um, a picture of it up alongside this, so you'll be able mm-hmm. to see it on Instagram. But that was um, perhaps selfishly certainly a motivating factor in both of our pool options. Yeah, um, it's beautiful. Like- it's pink and red, and it looks like Valentine's Day. It does look like Valentine's Day. Um, and I've decided to like Valentine's Day this year, so. Okay, well, I was going to say, it's we could have read it for Valentine's Day, except for y'all, we have plans for February. So we've hinted towards it a little bit. February is going to be a themed month. So before we hop into Funny You Should Ask, We're going to give you a little outline of what you can expect for the next month. Um, And if you want to see more updates, make sure you follow us on Instagram at slumberparty.pod. We are posting um, more stuff about their book club, things like that. But Lizzie, do you want to give us a little rundown? Because I know this was your wheelhouse. I've been waiting for this for a hot second. Mm -hmm. From the moment we decided that we were kind of just going to do a do a pick and mix for this second season and started toying around with the idea of having themed months. I said, Hannah, we have to do fangirl month. Because we are fangirls. Because that was such a defining identity trait for so many people our age growing up and just... The experience of being a young person is often so tied to, mm-hmm. like, the things that you're a fan of. And we said, yes. hello, hello, fangirl February. It's alliteration, and you know how much we love that here. So I'm pretty stoked. So we wanted to, before we start talking about funny, you should ask, we did want to tell you all what next month's book club book is going to be um because there's going to be the last section of this episode that you're listening to right now is going to be riddled with spoilers for this book so we're gonna we're gonna give you a little announcement and be like hey if you haven't read the book yet or if you don't want if you don't want spoilers say goodbye to us now au revoir um yeah but we wanted to make sure that you knew what next week or next week next month's book club book is going to be Mm -hmm. And it's possible that some of you will have read it. It's a book that Lizzie and I have read before um, because it was a staple when we were about 14. Yes. Yes. Um, We will be reading Fangirl by Rambo Rowell next month. Which I certainly have read multiple times. 
I read it as soon as it came out. It came out in 2014. So yeah, we were about like 15 when that came out. Um, And, oh wait, hold on. Is that a lie? No, it came out in 2013. So yeah, we were 14. Yeah, we were like in high school. um, I also, this is a bonus little extra credit. Hannah and I are going to be doing like a more researched episode about fan culture. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be a second book that we are reading and pulling from while we are kind of finishing up that research um and it is called everything i need i get from you how fangirls created the internet as we know it by caitlin tiffany um this also came out in 2022 so it's also a new a relatively new release um so this is not going to be part of our official book club episode but um Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about it probably at length yeah, it's not required reading, but it's supplemental materials. Yeah, it's extra credit, um, yes. and we've heard nothing but, like, rave reviews about this from everyone we know who's read it. So, and it's, like, super about One Direction, which I love. Yeah, which I'm excited for. Very excited about. Um, but yeah, I think that's, is that all the... I think that's all of our admin. So, should we get into the book? I think we absolutely should. Okay, so I took the liberty of putting together a little bit of an outline for us. Thank God. I thought we would talk about the author, Alyssa Sussman, mm-hmm. for a little bit. Who, by the way, a lovely person. Yeah, she DM'd us. <laughs> I We mentioned her in our story um, when I started reading the book. I was like, oh, like I'm finally starting to read it, um, you know, like a week or two ago. And then she, like, reposted us. So I messaged her, and she was so nice, and we went back and forth a couple of times. So we'll probably tag her again when we post mm-hmm. this. And let me tell you, she is a masterful writer. Oh, yes. Masterful writer. So I pulled her author bio from her author website, which is very cute and very funny. Alyssa Sussman is a writer, a reader, and a pumpkin pie eater. <laughs> She is the author of the best-selling TikTok sensation, Funny You Should Ask, and her upcoming book, Once More with Feeling, will be released by Dell Books in 2023. She is the author of three YA novels, Drawn That Way, Stray, and Burn. In a previous life, Alyssa managed animators and organized spreadsheets at some of the best animation studios in the world, including Nickelodeon, Disney, DreamWorks, and Sony Imageworks. You can see her name in the credits of The Crudes, Hotel Transylvania, The Princess and the Frog, and, Hannah, you're going to lose your mind, Tangled. No! Yes. I knew you were going to say it. Oh my god, Alyssa. She received her BA from Sarah Lawrence College and her MFA from Pacific University. She lives in Los Angeles with her family. Yeah, I did. See, I hadn't looked up as much as you did, but I did notice that she went to Sarah Lawrence, which is interesting because the main character of the book... Um, has her bachelor's degree from Sarah Lawrence. Yes. And I feel like reading through this book, there are some just little specific details about both of the main characters here um, that are so, so specific that I was like, that has to be something like from Alyssa Sussman's real life. Or it has Mm -hmm. to be something like, she really loves this thing or 
someone she loves must really love this thing, a very close friend or something, like little specific details, um, which I love. It's one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. especially like in contemporary novels, not just contemporary romance, mm-hmm. but I think it's a yeah always a nice reflection of the identity of the author in a book when you get those little tidbits and I just I did notice the Sarah Lawrence thing as well I thought that was very cool well and right before recording Lizzie and I listened to a short interview with Alyssa Sussman uh, mostly so we could nail down the pronunciation of the characters names because that's a plot point of the book and we'll get to that um and so and we got some insight from her about a couple of points so I'm excited to talk about that as well the first thing you need to know about this book is that the dedication of this book already almost made me cry at the beginning or at the end? At the beginning. What was the dedication at the beginning? I only paid attention to the acknowledgements. For John, all my stories are love stories because of you. Yeah, I know. And then hold on, I want to read the acknowledgements because there was also a good acknowledgement. I, I don't know if it was the same, actually. It was so precious. She said, John, you're better than any romance hero I've ever read or written because you're real and you're spectacular. <laughs> And I said, when you love a girl who's seen Seinfeld. I'm in pain. They're real and they're spectacular. Oh, and also her dedication to her siblings, which I resonated with. Um, Adam and Abra, I wouldn't trade you for any other siblings on the planet. And I definitely haven't tried to. <laughs> which sounds... That's funny. She has older sister energy, so she would fit right in. Oh, and this is very funny because it says her acknowledgement at the beginning or at the end says mom and dad you never put restrictions on what i was allowed to read therefore the sex scenes are totally your fault thank you (laughs) and it's true so hannah do you want to give kind of like a quick little rundown Mm -hmm. of what the book is about yeah it won't quite be a 60 second summary um because like i we're gonna wait for spoilers until about halfway through the app but this book is ostensibly based on the GQ article about Chris Evans that came out, gosh, I don't know, 10 years ago? It came out a long time ago. Um, and it was when he had just been cast as Captain America. Um, and this book is loosely based on that idea. It follows a journalist, Hani Horowitz, and she is set to interview Gabe Parker, who is an American actor that has just been cast to play James Bond. And audiences are very upset about it especially British audiences because they don't think an American actor should be doing it they think he's kind of a himbo they um he once played a gay character and they don't like that so she is set to kind of write a story to you know kind of promote him and in the time that they're doing their interview it actually ends up lasting about three days and they Um, it's a little bit less than professional and they, you know, connect and she meets his friends and travels with him. And then they meet again 10 years later after his career has kind of fallen and he has struggled with addiction and had a divorce. Um, and they're trying to recreate the same magic with that first interview. Yes. And it is kind of posed from the very beginning, not necessarily as a mystery, but there is sort of like a mystery element to it where they are you know when they're in the present they're kind of skirting around what happened that weekend and it's a mystery for the rest of the world of like what actually happened this weekend 
what exactly was the nature of their connection with each other and then so we are getting those questions mm-hmm. answered for us yeah through flashbacks yes um so that is another part of this book is that it does kind of flash forward and back to the present and the 10 years in the past in addition in between a lot of the chapters there are blog posts or we get to see part of that original article she wrote um and I'll say this wasn't my favorite part of the book if you know me you don't you know I don't love a book that hops around in time I'll say this one was more uh tolerable for me because it wasn't every other chapter we would get like five chapters in a row in one and then it would hop back so it was to me it was fine I took off like a half a point or a half a star from my review for it but it wasn't as bad as some other books my mom only reads books like that with like five characters in five different (laughs) lifetimes and I can't understand it so do you like books that have the sort of like additions in them of like it's a written up newspaper article. It's a written up blog post. I don't mind them. I'll, I'll say I did skim or skip a few of them in this book. Yeah. Um, because some of them were kind of long and a lot of them were reiterating kind of, they weren't really giving us a lot of new information. It was just kind of the same information in new words. So like they would talk about how, you know, audiences didn't think he would be a good James Bond. And then we would get one or two blog posts about how this guy is not gonna be a good James Bond for all the reasons we already talked about so I read some of them but I would say I skimmed some as well what about you I definitely feel the same way I'm always thrilled when I start a book and it has those kind of like supplemental Mm -hmm. materials in there and I'm always like oh that's like so cool and I think like from a logistics standpoint it's always very impressive to me when authors have chosen to spend additional time on that. And instead of being like, I'm just going to tell you what these things have said, I'm going to show you like by creating the actual thing. Um, But I do, I always find myself kind of skimming them or, you know, skipping them entirely. I'll say I did read in full. We had her article that she wrote divided into three parts and it was kind of spaced evenly throughout the book and I fully did read that but some of just the random blog posts and tabloid articles that were spliced in there um I I skimmed there were a couple of them that I skimmed through and then they like referenced things from them further along the book and I was like oh crap oh god (laughs) I should have read that yeah like the one in particular there was one that was like a fashion a gossip column yes. that talked about like you know the outfit she wore and then later when she was at the red carpet with him she like or like later she's like oh and this gossip column talked about my outfit and <laughs> yes, I had so read that one so I was proud <laughs> you should you should read the things the authors put in their books don't be like us <laughs> they have put them in there for a reason sorry Alyssa yeah but you know what I'm sorry, just gonna Alyssa. say it right here if we want to just give initial thoughts and feelings about this book, mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I um, cried, I think, six times while reading it. Like, the first time I cried was on, like, page... Like, I'd been reading for, like, 45 minutes and I cried. Yeah. I loved it. I loved it more than I thought I would. And I'll be honest with you, it 
was a lot mm-hmm. more deeply emotional than I was anticipating because all of the, you know, TikTok videos and like bookstagram posts that I had seen about it, um, you know, mm-hmm. put it forward as this very like funny, like rom com sort of like Hollywood romp, which like parts of it definitely are like that. But, like, mm-hmm. I think it is a testament to Alyssa Sussman's writing that she made the character so believable. Like, certain trials and tribulations that they were going through as individuals, but then also, like, in this friendship, relationship, whatever it may be that were, like, so real and reminded me of things that either I have Mm -hmm. gone through or my friends have gone through in real life that I was like, oh, I gotta step back for a second. I'm about to be really sad. I gotta put it on pause. Yeah. I'll say, um, this isn't necessarily a spoiler, but there's a dog in the book. And let's just say I cried at least twice because of the dog. Hit, hit a little too close to home. It was so good. It was so good. Uh, another thing I quickly want to talk about. Well, I guess, I, I don't know. I won't I won't spoil anything. But I actually did like, before I started it, I just read a little, you know, I was reading the summary or whatever, or a synopsis. And someone mentioned how they're not even sure this could be classified as, or not could be, but it doesn't necessarily feel like a romance. Um... Because it's so will they, won't they, where, you know, most romances you read them and you're like, yeah, well, they end up together at the end. But this book, it was, and part of it is because of the nature of the story it's based on, as well as, like, the internal story about the article is no one knows what happened. No one knows if anything even did happen. Um, it's very much, it's possible nothing happens between them. So that was kind of interesting. It was very kind of will they, won't they. And I think part of what was so awesome about it is you get, it is the part of the like, I, I almost called it time traveling. That's not what it is. The kind of like two different like timelines like of then and now that I did really like was you're yes. getting them younger and, you know, I think they said that um, Connie is, like, 26-something. She's in her sort of, like, mid-ish yeah. 20s. And I think Gabe is, you know, like, 30. Um, but then, because the now is 10 years later, that's a significant amount of time. Like, a lot has happened in their lives yeah. in... 10 years I will say I kind of want to just like real quick bullet point some stuff that I just loved about this okay so one you get you're introduced to Gabe's friend whose name is Oliver Oliver, and he is delightful If he is not the star 
of Alyssa Sussman's next book. Oh, that would be so good. I'm gonna have to send her a very polite but inquisitive Instagram DM. And in fact, there were actually two different parts in the book that, like, you get introduced to different characters that I was like, second book? Yeah, that would honestly be so cool if Once More with Feeling ended up being, like, like about, like, her, like his sister and, like, her little situation that they allude to towards the end. That was my other one that I was like, ooh. But it's, it's very good. And now that we know about the author's kind of past working in film, to an extent, mm-hmm. I was going to say, this is very clearly a book written by someone who loves film and loves yeah. storytelling. Because there are a lot of, like, very fun references in this. Um, and it's also very familiar with the entertainment industry. Yes. Yes. Um, and, like, a recurring reference that they make over and over and over is um, a reference to the movie The Philadelphia Story, which came out in 1940, and it stars Katherine Hepburn and Cary Grant, and it becomes sort of like a plot point. Wait, is that a real movie? Yes, it is. And that, well, that answers my next question, because I was going to ask Hannah if she had seen the movie. Um, no. Hannah, you should watch the movie, especially now. Okay. Um, but I think it's very interesting. I have seen the movie. I would never have classified it in my brain as a rom-com, but I did look it up, and it is, like, mm-hmm. officially classified as a romantic comedy. So that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. I think I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it. But so it is, the reason that it is in the book at all is because when Gabe gets cast as James Bond, his, um, like, the director, like, the people they're working with on the movie essentially, like, give him a stack of movies to watch that have all of these, like, very famous actors from, like, the 1940s and the 1950s that they kind of want him to emulate in terms of like just his attitude and some of his mannerisms. And one of them is Cary Grant. And unknowingly, this is, you know, their first kind of point of connection when Hani is first starting the interview. It's her favorite, like essentially her favorite movie. It's yeah. she thinks it's like the best romantic comedy ever made. She has like serious issues with, Parts of the movie, but... Parts of the movie, because the movie came out literally in 1940. Yeah. So, it is closer to being 100 years old than it is 50 years old. That's scary. But it's very cool. And the way that it sort of, like, mimics and that story from the film kind of follows them through the next 10 years of their life. And involuntarily because of yes. the three days they've shared with each other they can't help think about the other person now when they've encountered this movie like yeah every time this movie comes back to them because it does come back don't you worry it does um i don't know hannah what were some other parts about this that you loved i'm not sure the thing is i didn't take as many notes as i did for example when we do movies um because i 
kind of ironically, I read faster than I watch movies. In movies, I watch and then I rewind and I rewind and I write down quotes. This, I just, I typically don't even highlight when I read, but I did highlight some parts. I did like how, again, uh, things came back. We kind of talked about that with the articles. You know, articles would mention something and then later she would discuss that, that blog post or whatever. In addition, there's a part that I won't spoil, but she has a dream and then later kind of the dream comes to fruition or not a dream but like uh she has like a someone asks you like what's your dream situation and she describes it and then later it comes true mm-hmm. um yeah i also really liked how funny this book was honey in particular was funny because we got a lot of it was from her point of view so yes. we got a lot of her internal monologue and she was funny. She literally said, it seems like Mercury is always in retrograde these days. And I said, she is me. <laughs> I am honey. <laughs> I don't know if we ended up finding out her Zodiac sign, but if we didn't, I will be Googling. You can message Alyssa Sussman. True. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah, and she'll probably say, um, I don't believe in that stuff. And I'll say, I didn't ask if you believed in it. I asked, what is it? Yes, I think... Oh, I don't know if I want to talk about this now or if I want to talk about it in the spoiler section. Well, are we about ready for a spoiler section? Yeah. I just need us to have a really, like, frantic six minutes of listing all the reasons that Gabe Parker is the best. Actually, another before we hop into spoilers, I actually do want to talk about something about Gabe that isn't a spoiler. Another point that I don't think we actually really mentioned, except for maybe in our summary, is that in between, well, kind of, it's happening when she meets Gabe the first time, and then in between, the, in during the ten years, Gabe struggles with alcoholism and other drug addiction and kind of uh, self-destructive habits. And we see it a little bit in that, in the flashback scenes, you know, they go to a lot of parties and he, you know, has a flask and he's kind of drunk and at the restaurant he has a lot of beers. Um, And when they meet again, the reason his career has kind of fallen from grace is because he had been fired or walked off from the fourth or fifth James Bond movie he was filming and then he had gone to rehab a few times and then he had gotten a divorce and one of the things I liked is that they had resolved that before the two of them came back together 10 years in the future. So it wasn't Hani like saving him or fixing him. Yes. He had done that for himself. He had gone to rehab and gotten sober for himself and not, you know, it wasn't because of her. It wasn't for her. Right. I appreciated that. Yes, I did too. And they they say, this is also not a spoiler, but they have both been in relationships and gotten divorced. Yeah. Over this 10-year period. Um, and something that I think they do really well is her relationship with her ex mm-hmm. is like, kind of known in the before times like they they've broken up while she's doing this interview and then get back together and then you know things happen whatever they get married um Mm -hmm. 
But Gabe, without doing it voluntarily throughout the course of this, like, three days they do the interview, shows her all of the things that, like, an actual, like, healthy romantic partner can be for you in terms of being a supportive partner. And clearly, it doesn't stick, because she gets back with the ex anyway. But- Yeah, at the time of their first interview, she has broken up with her ex. They they weren't married yet. And then, very shortly after their original interview, he gets married to his girlfriend situation. Ish. And her feelings get hurt. Kind of. I mean, her feelings don't get hurt. She's just like, oh, he lied to me. He told me he didn't have a girlfriend. And it was bad journalism. Whatever. But another thing I liked is that the reason that both of them got divorced was not because of each other. I mean, they both got divorced before they had, you know, kind of met again fully. We find out later that they actually have met again a handful of times, very briefly. Yes. But... You know, she gets divorced because she realizes that her partner kind of resents her and looks down upon her. And he gets divorced because he realizes, you know, he was in the other relationship for the wrong reasons. And, you know. It's all good. All good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, we can't keep talking around this without doing spoilers. So we're gonna give you a little warning here. The rest of this episode is gonna be chock full of spoilers. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you haven't finished reading the book and you don't want to be spoiled, leave now, um, finish the book, and come back. Don't just leave. Yes. Bad for our analytics. <laughs> um, we'll put a t- I'll put a timestamp in the description. And also, if you don't care about being spoiled, then just stay. Yeah. Some people love spoilers and still even read the book or watch the movie anyway. I do it with movies. Yeah, I do too. Because I don't like suspense. That's something to deep dive into later. Um, Goodbye, slow readers. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. Bye. Lizzie, what's the first spoiler you want to talk about? So, now that it's just Just us, us. I just have to say, Hannah and I have talked about this. We commiserated. You all know, I read a lot of romance books. Yeah. I can't think of another book that has made me feel this single in my life. And they're not even in a relationship for 99% of the book. Yeah, they're not in a relationship until the last chapter. Maybe. It's like the last half of the last chapter. It's basically the last um, paragraph when we find out that he's hyphenated his last name to be her name. Which is hot. Which we talked, which we, we didn't talk to Alyssa Sussman about that. We listened to an interview with Alyssa Sussman. We interviewed Alyssa Sussman. Yeah. Oh my god, imagine if we could interview her. Alyssa, slide into our DMs if you want to come on the pod. She was active 57 minutes ago. You could DM and say, hey, we're recording what's Honey's astrological sign. I'm gonna do it right now. OT, perfect. Is this weird that we're doing this? Meh, that's fine. Oh, okay, I know what I want to talk about. I don't, it's not necessarily a need to be relegated to the spoiler section, but we're here and everyone's gone, so now that it's just us... I told Lizzie, but I did read the actual Chris Evans GQ article in preparation for this. I hadn't read it yet. I think you had, Lizzie. And I'll say the version of this situation in Funny You Should Ask is better than the actual article. Sure. To be fair, the actual GQ article is shorter. It's also, you know, 
most assessment can take more creative liberties um, than, you know, an actual real journalist who could, like, fully get sued. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say it was interesting. And a lot of what was in the book was very, like, clearly, like, almost verbatim from the source material. Like, you know, oh, the fact really? that they go to his restaurant near his house and he orders this food and the waitress does this. And then they go to this event and he invites her and they play this game. And, and she stays at his house overnight because she, you know, is too drunk and she sneaks out of his house. Yeah. <gasps> oh, That's my God. Cute. And speaking of dogs in the book. Oh, Hannah. Yeah. Talk I about forgot his name. Gabe. The first time they meet, he has a puppy. It's so new. It hasn't been potty trained. He hasn't been able to name it yet. And he asks her something. She says something about a teddy bear. And he was like, what was your teddy bear's name when you were a kid? And she was like, Teddy. I wasn't original. And then the next time they meet, first of all, she goes to his house in LA. The dog is not there. There's no sign of the dog. She says, oh my God, it's been 10 years. The dog is dead. And I cried. That was the first time I cried. And I messaged yeah. Lisa Sussman and said, I cried. And then later in the book... This is a spoiler section now. So this goes back yeah. to spoilers. Later in the book, she goes to Montana. The dog is there. She cries. The dog remembers her. She says, what's the dog's name? He says, Teddy. And I cried again. He says, Teddy. I'm not that original. <sighs> that was how I was. Okay. Now, now that you've squealed. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> I was saying. I'm going to go back. So, the okay. original article, the GQ article, came out. More than 10 years ago, June 14th, 2011, at 3 o'clock a.m. They have (laughs) timestamps. This was a a you-up moment. It's called Chris Evans' American Marvel. It's probably Midnight Pacific. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, And it's written by Edith Zimmerman, who is kind of the Hani Horowitz of of real life, I suppose. And I don't remember what I was going to say about her. Oh, yeah. Edith Zimmerman apparently alludes to the fact that after this article, they really, she did keep in touch with him. And she, um, you know, ended up, like, meeting his mom. They were both from Boston. So, like, they have met up in Boston a handful of times. Obviously, this came out in 2011, so it's possible they're no longer in contact. But at least at the time that this came out, in between the months in between the interview and the posting... They it they didn't lose contact in the way that Gabe and Hani did in the book. I'd like us to just talk about Gabe. Yeah. This is one of those moments where I'm sure you all, I'm actually, I'm not sure you all, but. <laughs> You're sure that I. <laughs> I'm sure that you have seen the TikToks of like thirst trapping men on TikTok. Like standing there like leaning with their shirts off and the text over the video says like um can you believe that like the largest genre of publishing is romance and it is literally a genre that had to be created because women had to fantasize about women just treating them respectfully and it's like all the exact same text like they've all copied and pasted the exact yeah. same thing i'm sure it was stolen from a woman. our friend justin has made a similar tiktok he literally made one that was like isn't it so sad that about the patriarchy also i'm six foot four yeah it's very funny shout out to Um, justin this man in this book did make me think god isn't it so sad that we just have to romanticize and fantasize about men doing things like pay attention this man 
made me want to go to Montana. And I, on December 29th, said to Lizzie in no uncertain terms, I will not go to Montana. <laughs> and then 14 days later, I said to Lizzie, we should go to Montana. Yeah. And then um, four days later, reiterated, we should <laughs> we go should to Montana. But it's just so precious. He is obviously, like, is a person who, like, deeply cares about people. Mm-hmm. Because, like, even just in preparation for this interview, he has read all of her stuff. Oh my he god. He read that... her short story. He reads her blog. Yeah, he and, like, he, he will reference things from it, and I actually want to find the exact quote. Oh, uh, and he only refers to her then ex-boyfriend and then in the future ex-husband as the novelist because that's what she calls him in the blog and she's like his name is jeremy he's like the novelist yeah and he's like the novelist and i very sassy before maybe like six months ago maybe over the summer before obviously we'd read this book it was trendy and you know on especially like on tiktok and especially instagram reels you know the book talkers are on there making like pinterest collages and putting like one quote from the book and they always, they make me want to read the book and I add them to my CBR. Yeah. The one I saw from this that made me really want to read this was she says to him, you've read them? And he said, I thought we've established I've read everything you've ever written. And she says, it was one of the hottest things anyone has ever said to me. Yes. Yeah, it is. He's read everything she's ever written. He reads her blog. That was how he knew she got divorced was because yeah. he reads her blog. He had but, read all of her articles. But he that's read her the fiction thing. books from, from her master's degree. She's like, have you... She's like, um, I've been divorced for a year. He's like, no, you yeah. haven't. Yeah, because she had only... She'd been separated for two years, but she only posted it on her blog about four months ago. And Well, because he, he was like, you just posted about it a couple months ago for the first time. And she was like, yeah, he was like, I told myself I would wait six months. Yeah, so that's the only, and, uh, and he was like, I was going to wait six months and reach out to you, but the re- but they're, you know, they're publicists or whatever, the people connected him with her. Yeah, and that was the thing was they almost didn't meet again this 10 years later because she was very against it. At first she was wishy-washy and he had his six-month plan. <laughs> I would like to read you part from this book. It's in the prologue, so this isn't really spoilery, but this is just... okay chaos because i have to say the prologue of this book is brilliant and i gotta be honest normally i couldn't give a rat's ass about a prologue <laughs> i know I, I always skip not this really but prologue I to. got me so invested like also now i reread the prologue because i remember how good it was Alyssa sussman gives us every detail we could need. The references to little random stuff start in the prologue. Like, they Mm -hmm. talk about the Philadelphia story and Bond and all of that immediately. So. It says, there's this, like, little chunk at the end. Where is it? There is. Okay. And it's Connie talking to her publicist, I guess? Yeah, or, like, her agent or whatever. Yeah. And she says... Her editor-in-chief. Yeah, it says, I've chickened out on only one interview in my career. I won't do it again. Instead, I swallow back the taste of impending doom. 
It tastes a lot like a really good burger and a perfect sour beer. It tastes like jello shots and popcorn. It tastes like expensive mint toothpaste. I know that by accepting this assignment, I'll get the answers to every unasked question I've had for the last 10 years. No matter what, everything that Gabe and I started that weekend a decade ago in December will finally get a proper ending. And as soon as I finished reading that and I said, well, I'm going to be up for the next two and a half hours. I'm not going to be able to. I was like, she is giving you everything. I'm like, well, what is the beer thing a reference to? What is the truth thing a reference to? And it's all there. I ate it all up. I ate it all up. The sticky notes came out. The highlighter came out. I went down. Um, well, this is kind of a diversion. But while we're yeah. talking about Hani being a journalist, one of the things that I want to talk about that we alluded to a little bit earlier is that when she's doing the original article, she meets uh, Gabe's friend, Oliver, who is a British actor who they're friends with. Yes. They've worked together people kind of pit them against each other because they think Oliver should have been James Bond because Oliver is British and doesn't have these kind of so-called controversies that were, you know, could have been controversial in 2011, would have been less controversial now. But, um, and she's like, oh my God, like, are they not friends? Also supposedly like they've dated the same girl. She meets Oliver at the premiere of his movie where Gabe invites her on the second day of their interview and then Oliver kind of ends up accepting her and realizing, okay, Gabe trusts her. They leave the after party and they go to a gay bar and Oliver is gay. And he trusts her to not keep the secret. I mean, he trusts her to keep the secret. Yeah. Um, and like in the meantime of the 10 years when she and Gabe are not talking, when Oliver decides to come out publicly, he chooses her to do the story. Yes. Yeah. And he... And you find out that Oliver was their first choice for James Bond. Yes. But he told, but he had made it known that he wanted to come out publicly. And they were going to make him essentially, like, sign, what did they call it? Like, a morality clause? Morality clause. So there was nothing that, like, he couldn't do anything that would, like, sully the James Bond brand. So they weren't yeah. going to let him come out publicly. And so he quit, and that's when they offered it to Gabe. Yeah, which Gabe feels a lot of, um, not guilt isn't the right word, but he feels like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, people are saying that I'm not right for this part, and I believe it. I'm not right for this part. I know I wasn't the first choice, because he knows about Oliver's situation. They're friends. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the public is very upset. They're like, oh, no, they should have picked Oliver. Why did they pick Gabe? Gabe's all wrong. Oliver's all right. And it's like, no, they tried to pick Oliver. And then Oliver said, okay, but, like, I'm going to come out. And they're like, okay, no, then we won't hire you. Yeah. And there's a very endearing part where they're talking about, um, they're just kind of, like, getting to know each other. And Oliver is talking about um, the first time he ever fell in love. They met at a Halloween party, and he was dressed as Xena Warrior Princess. Mm-hmm. He was dancing, and he ran into someone. He ran into this guy who was also dressed as Xena Warrior Princess. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of wistful. And I'm like, I need, please, Alyssa Sussman, I need that reconnection story for the second or third book in the series. But Oh, do you want to talk about Gabe's family a little bit? Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Sad, but fun. Yeah, well, it, it would be a good conversation. So, 
Um, what we learn in the past parts of the book is that, you know, he is really close with his mom and his sister. He's an older sister that's, like, you know, a year older than him. They're very close in age. He, he jokes that he was like, you know, we're not Irish twins because we weren't born in the same year, but we're, like, 13 months apart, so we're, like, Montana twins. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah. My sister and I are practically Montana twins. Um, <laughs> but he, you know, he is really close with them. He loves them. He goes back to Montana. He, you know, bought them a house and, you know, pays their lease so they can run a bookstore slash, like, craft supply store that they run in their town, which is very cute. And his apartment in Montana is above their store. Yeah, it's adorable. He, you know, he is, like, planning vacations to take them on together because they haven't really gone on vacations. And his dad passed away when he was, like, 10 years old. Yeah. And people try to get him to talk about it, and he doesn't really want to, and Hani kind of brings it up a couple times, and it makes him, he, like, at the beginning, right. she, like, asks him, like, oh, did you watch James Bond with her dad, with your dad? And it's at the beginning when the interview wasn't really going well. Yeah. But then later, when she's at his house, like, three days later, um, they watch Star Trek, and he's like, oh, this was my dad's favorite, and I watched it with him. This was his favorite character. And it's very sweet. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons that they kind of, um he gets a little bit upset that she mentions that in the article. He's like, I thought that was just between us. Yeah. And he talks about like everyone, there's this like article that's come out and it's like Gabe Parker without a father figure or something. Oh yeah. And it talks about that, but it is, it portrays it in a way as if there's something like nefarious about the fact that his dad isn't in his life or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, tell, he opens up to her and tells her, he's like, no, like, he was amazing. Like, he was a fantastic dad. And then in the future, his brother-in-law, his sister's husband, has passed away. Yeah. Like, a couple years before, his brother-in-law died in a car accident. And he, at the beginning, you know, he has this niece that is, like, 12 years old, I think, you know, at, yeah. in, in the present moment. And she, at first, when her dad passes away, he's like, oh, well, you know, this will kind of be able to bring us closer because we were both 10 years old when our dads died. And it did bring them closer. And then he went to rehab and, you know, journalists kind of descended upon them and she kind of resents him for it and, like, feels like he left her. And then she, you know, she's uh, wary of Hani because she's a journalist. But yeah, she's also 12 years old, so... Um, but there is a, f- a fun little Easter egg bonus little tiny subplot happening while they're in Montana visiting his family. Oh, yeah. Um, where his sister is essentially, like, being pursued by this, like, younger, hotshot, like, heartthrob actor who um, Gabe, like, did a movie with and this actor like met her on set and was like oh she is so beautiful I'm gonna pursue her um and like flirts with her all the time and like keeps texting her and Gabe is not having it he's like he has been hooking up with all of these girls during this time but he just keeps texting you and she's in Montana and so he calls her while Gabe's at the house, and he's, like, trying to be brotherly, I suppose. I don't know. I don't have a brother, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's a cute little subplot, and Gabe is kind of like, you know, if you really want, like, I can set you up. 
kind of is the vibe. And Oliver, Oliver comes to Montana with them too. And Connie mm-hmm. doesn't really know why. Yeah, they take Oliver's private jet. Yeah, yeah. You find out that the Oliver, reason the that- climate criminal. Oliver is Taylor well, Swift. Well, and so he says that in there. <laughs> there is a part. Yeah, he's like, it's bad for the environment. I know, I know. <laughs> he's like, it's bad for the environment, but I do love it. So, so they, yeah, they come to um, Montana. Cooper. Cooper, Montana is the name of the town. Cooper, Montana. And Oliver comes with them, and Honey doesn't know why, and then she finds out that it's because Gabe is essentially, like, pitching Oliver, like, to be his business partner to revamp this theater in this town. Mm -hmm. And so a recurring plot point in this is that when Gabe was first starting out acting, he auditioned for and was in the show Angels in America, which is a real show. Oh, T, cool. <laughs> Andrew Garfield did a production of it a few years ago. It's brilliant. It's a oh, it's an excellent show. Okay. Um, and he plays or and Gabe played a gay character in it, and he kissed a man on stage. And so people keep bringing this up as a reason why he shouldn't be James Bond, because James Bond yeah. kissed a man, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, which is hilarious. It's not yeah. really hilarious, but when you think about Daniel Craig. Yeah. <laughs> slash former James Bond. It's funny to think about him being like, I would never kiss a man. Blatantly untrue. And, but I think that is not much of a stretch of, um, you know, people within that fan base having that sort of prejudice against gay actors. Matt Bomer. I think was someone that was like briefly in talks or like rumored to be in talks to play James Bond. Um, and he's an openly gay actor and people were in an uproar about it. So, which I can't understand because we've all seen Bridgerton. We've all fallen in love with Anthony Bridgerton. Yeah. Hello. And so many, I was going to, we haven't all seen Wednesday, but those of us who have fell in love with Tyler Galpin who then we find out is gay and happily married. And I say, how can I dream about you, sir? Yeah. Did you watch Wednesday yet? No. Girl. Yeah, the actor who plays Tyler. Is he the one that people keep fan casting as Remus Lupin and things? He's one of the oldest ones that plays, like, a kid in the show. I think he's, like, 28. And he recently got married. Cute. So good for him. Oh. There is a part I would like to say. I just remembered something that made me emotional. Um, oh, what? When they go to Montana, and Gabe is, like, showing her the store that he, like- I think we're gonna say the exact same thing. What? Well, you go first. And she's, like, talking- Or she's meeting his mom for the first time. And they're, like, hitting it off. And she's like, oh my god, this is such a wonderful person. Um, There's a line that Alyssa Sussman puts in there. Where she says, no wonder Gabe bought his mother this store. She seems like a wonderful person to make happy. And I was like, that's a bit too much for me. But what were you going to say? Because now I don't think we were saying the same thing. This, I don't think this is what I was thinking of. Maybe it was. When they're in Montana towards the end. I had alluded to this earlier, but I didn't fully mention it because we were in our no spoiler section. So sorry to those who have left. I'm trying to find the exact quote. But she mentions 
that she and her ex-husband, when you, they think about their dream days, his is very specific. You know, he he wanted to go to this restaurant and then they went to a walk in this park and then they, you know, did this together and that together. And she was like, you know, my dream day, my perfect day is a little bit more vague. You know, I just kind of picture like this feeling, like the feeling of like, you know, walking into a bookshop and, you know, someone, you know, hands me a cup of, you know, apple cider, which is like my favorite hot drink. And then, you know, when we walk in the snow or whatever. And then in Montana, I think they do quite a few things. They go into the mom's bookshop and all of a sudden he pours her apple cider and she says, it all feels strangely familiar, even though I've never been here before. And I was like, it's because it's your dream. It was very much a, you were my new dream and you were mine. Which makes sense. Yeah. Now that we know Alyssa's husband worked on Tangled. Yeah. That um, whole interaction with them in the bookstore was a lot. The whole, it, Gabe's, the Gabe reading all of her stuff really gets me. It's really a lot. And so she has this book that she's written that's like fiction. And it's kind of like yeah, a- magic- she wrote it when she was like in her master's program yeah, or something? Yeah, it's like magical realism. Um, and it never mm-hmm. really got off the ground or anything. Um, yeah, she's known for her nonfiction. Her ex-husband, he looks down on her writing fiction a lot because he's like a literary fiction like novelist. And she yeah. like- Writes Gus for, Everett could never writes for this gossip column, um, and she's like, "Well, I'm actually making money, but that's like fine." And it's this book that she's written is a very sort of like self-reflective emotional journey, and she's like, "But also, it like has dragons." Um, and yeah. then when they meet up ten years later, Gabe has her books that she's written in her mm-hmm. collections and stuff in the bookstore and she's like oh my god you have all my books he's like yep yes I do and she signs them for them and they have so many they have like 30 of each book and she's like normally like in New York when I would like go to bookstores like I'd be lucky if they had like 12 of my books total in stock yeah and in this little bookstore in Montana they have like so much and it's in like the Gabe's recommended section mm-hmm. and oh my god and we find out so in the meantime she has been ordering from their like bookstore slash craft store moment I was gonna say this she's been ordering from them and like you know you know because it's a small business and she's like oh well this is cool and then they go and he's like yeah well when I'm here like I typically fulfill the online orders and I know like everyone who orders and she's like I don't have shit to say to anybody. Oh, no. She's like, oop. Yep. She's like, so now he knows that I've ordered from them, like, 12 times. Yeah. And so they're, like, talking about the books, and the mom's, like, obviously the, like, essay collection that's got your interview with him in it is, like, a big hit. He's like, yep, I like your nonfiction. He's like, but I like dragons also. (laughs) Yeah, he loves dragons. He's, like, so, like pestering her in a very loving and supportive way he's like you need to like just write because that's another thing another large point is that she doesn't know if people actually like her writing or if you know because her career really took off the ground after this interview with him that she published in in kind of the fictional version of gq and so she's done a lot of other very successful celebrity interviews for example the one where oliver officially comes out to the world 
and she's become very a very popular author um a journalist but she you know and all of her we see some of the the snippets we see throughout the book are reviews of her collections and all of them the reviewers mention this like they don't have much to say about what she's written they're like oh these are great um the standout is when she interviewed Gabe Parker hopefully she can give us a repeat of Gabe Parker and you know you can tell that she's kind of beaten down and towards the end she's kind of wary of you know getting involved with him again because she's like I don't even know like who I would be independent of you yeah and but also the fact that she's kept writing like this because she is successful at it and she knows people will read it because they're hoping for a recreation of this Gabe Parker magic. Right. And he's like, no, write the fiction that you want. Yeah. And she's like, but no one will read it. And he's like, I will. Yeah. Versus her ex-husband, who he thought he was, like, a serious author and that, like, she wrote, like, gossip crap. And one time when they were at an event and someone complimented her work and he like drunkenly had like an outburst and told her like the only reason people are even interested in reading what you wrote is because you slept with him which she didn't sleep with Gabe but you know the world doesn't know yeah yeah but you know it's the whole thing is that it's very ambiguous no one knows what happens and clearly her ex-husband or her husband at the time believes that something happened between them and then you know kind of slut shames her and throws it in her face in public and after that they they get their divorce yeah and all I can say is good riddance to that man. Good what was his name? Jeremy? Jeremy. Good riddance, Jeremy. Screw that guy. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, we could talk about this book all day. Yeah. But we've already talked about it for quite a bit of time. I mean, I'll say, I'll, I on Goodreads, I gave this a four stars out of five. Yeah. In my head, maybe it's a 4.5 out of five. Yeah. Um, I took off that a bit it's not perfect for me because of especially the time jumps which I previously mentioned I just don't love personally mm-hmm. I just I prefer a chronological story but it was in good taste it was a well done yeah, yeah it was well done and to me this really was a standout I can't believe we waited so long to read it but I'm glad that it's our first book club book I'm glad that we get to do it here me too all right Hannah Thanks so much for mm-hmm. reading this book with me. I know. It was so fun. Thanks for so fun. chatting for um, like an hour and a half. Yeah. It was delightful. Um, remember to share this podcast with a couple different people. Um, it can an be enemy with a friend and someone who lives in Montana. We don't have any listeners in Montana yet, so. Hey. Gabe Parker. Maybe I should tag this Instagram post, Montana. Yeah, please do. Follow us on Instagram at slumberparty.pod. Read this book. Yeah, if yeah, if anything, read this book and even uh, if you're not a romance person. Yeah. If you're a person who likes people and stories, you will like this book. Also, and I'll say eventually we will read um Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. That was our other choice for this month. And yes. we did about a third of the, our viewers did vote for that i mean uh funny you should ask did win but you know not by like a huge margin yeah um there were some people that said including my sister said read the read the memoir i'll listen if you read the memoir so we'll do that eventually don't worry yeah no we've got a lot of books yeah that we can read hundreds bajillions even um but yeah thank you guys so much 
for mm-hmm. listening. Hannah, do you want to take it away? Take it away. It's going to be a bumpy ride on the night bus. Yeah, on the night private jet. This has been the Slumber Party Pod. This episode was edited by Hannah and collectively conceived of as a postgrad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This episode has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week. Bye! Bye. When they're talking about how she was divorced, and he... He, she says you're two years sober and he says yes and she goes i'm divorced happily divorced and he says are you happy and she says i could be happier i guess couldn't we all and he says i could make you happy <laughs> i could make you happy you read that and you still have 100 pages left of the book yeah if any of you have actually when she runs out of his apartment if any of you have actually been to montana or are going at any time please let us know Do people like this actually exist in Montana? Is that where they've been hiding?